Hello and welcome to Disruptive Intent. I'm your host Kevin Sanders and you're listening to episode 37 of Disruptive Intent. Now before we start the podcast, I'm going to give a big shout out to our sponsor, BeFit. BeFit has been a, such an important part of my lifestyle, really helped me manage um, my, my diet, my exercise, uh, make sure that I'm taking the right stuff so I can, like my, my performance is at a level where it's acceptable. So if you want to improve your uh, f- sports performance, just your general lifestyle, reach out to BeFit. I'll leave all the details in the show notes so you guys can contact Bernardo or Tyler and get, start your fitness journey. So now with our guest, um, Blake Williams, well, most people know him as Bilko, and he's just an awesome, awesome freestyle motocross rider from Australia, also living in Calif- Southern California, and he's one of the guys that I've always looked to. He's just, I've, I recently found his YouTube channel, and he's so informative, so raw on his on his, on his performance, and with this podcast specifically, he gets so much insight and the life of a freestyle motocross rider from the the money aspect of it what it takes to slave and how you have to manage all that and the injury side your medical aid everything like that so we just not get to learn a bit more about bulko but also about what it's like being a freestyle motocross rider in 2020 so off to our guest that's it man so well welcome to the podcast uh, yeah thanks for thanks for accepting the invite and, and joining in yeah it's like it's always fun I, I, i'm just telling my girlfriend now i've, I've I'm dealing with so many aussies i'm, I'm just i'm thinking i'm gonna <laughs> develop an accent <laughs> yeah no nah, like my bro like like well dude um to start off the podcast let's uh give an uh, elevator pitch who is blake uh this is blake williams but nobody really calls me that it's bill cow uh, freestyle yeah. motocross rider from yeah. australia and uh, I've been doing, <coughs> been doing freestyle now for, shit, 16 years professionally. Okay, shit, yeah. No, well, you, you mentioned in the email um, the story about the 40 broken bones and, and, and going from, 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 uh, from all that to X Games and that. So, but where did, where did all the passion that for riding dirt bikes and motocross and all that started? Uh, I mean, I started, I grew up racing BMX from mm. a young age and then till I was about 12, I had a dirt bike to ride at home and then yeah. I just like to jump it. I like to jump my BMX and when <laughs> I was 12, I started racing uh, motocross and then at about uh, 14, I started doing supercross and when I turned senior, I was about three foot tall and weighed about 40 kilos. So on a one, two, five, I kind of struggled, but I could yeah. still jump really, really well. So I just mm. love supercross more than motocross because... You know, I was racing against full-size adults and I was just yeah. some little wet t-shirt flapping off the back of the bike. So, um, yeah, I did a lot more supercross and just finished school and, and I guess did my job and stuff and raced supercross for fun. But I was kind of pretty good at it and then just did some freestyle as well, uh, just for some fun because I love to jump. And next thing you know, I was getting paid to do shows. I was making more money than my, my weekly job and then yeah. decided to put all my eggs into that basket. And one year later, I was in X Games. So... Jeez, yeah, but I think um, well, you um, didn't you, you didn't have the story about like racing supercross and that like most of the other guys that, that I've spoken to, they all got tired or and like fell basically fell out of love with the like the, the stuff of riding dirt bikes and all that, and then they decided to go free riding and and fall in love with that. So you just had a natural transition of okay, I wanted to do more freestyle. Uh yeah, I mean, like I said, I barely even practice i was where i was working full time even when i was at school i was still working after hours and i just kind of rode on the weekends or rode event to event so i love to ride but i just figured it wasn't really going to be a job or anything and and Mm -hmm. i just concentrated on work and stuff like that trying to make some money and then 
I just had a natural knack for the for the riding and then hitting the ramps was pretty easy and then um just started doing some tricks and next thing you know I'd go away to a supercross and, and do a demo at half time and I'd make more money than dudes that were making the final. So Jeez, you know, man. we only have we only have eight starting gates here in the Australian Supercross because our stadiums are so small. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you make a final you're doing pretty good. I made like, I don't know, three in four years or something or something like that. So we only have about five rounds of supercross, but I mean, I guess it was pretty good to, to make those finals, but uh, I was never going to be a factory racer or anything, so I never really yeah. set any goals for that. But, um, yeah, the freestyle thing just kind of took off on its own and, and kind of interrupted everything else, and it's, it just created so many opportunities where I just had to had to try it out. You know, I'm not, I had to quit my job and pretty much go full-time into that to see how far I could take it. That's crazy. But how was the how was this, um, the support like the, the your support that you had in Supercross, or did you fund all that by yourself? I mean, I was pretty lucky growing up. You know, my parents had a great relationship with them. They you know provided me with my dirt bikes growing up. And when I started, when I turned senior, and I raced Supercross. I just had the one motorcycle, you know. And then um, 2004, my first year, I kind of did. Uh, I was going to race full time and do freestyle. I broke both my arms the second race. So <laughs> but I didn't actually ride for about six months. And then my first day back on a bike, I did a flip. So <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't even on my bike because my bike was still track. I, I literally didn't fix my bike in 2004. My bike was in bits for, two, for about six months with, yeah. you know, bent foot pegs and smashed to pieces from where I broke both my arms. And I didn't really, wasn't really that motivated to ride, ride that much for a while. So, yeah. I mean, the next year I got support off Honda. So I basically went just from not doing much to, you know, just racing on the weekends to all of a sudden having factory support from Honda. And, you know, it's just a couple of bikes. But when you do, when you do motocross, you thrash everything. Everything mm-hmm. just gets beat to hell. And I never raced mm-hmm. motocross. So I do freestyle and then a little tiny bit of supercross. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I could get away with one bike and, you know, just put some new plastics on it here and there. And it wasn't really hard on the equipment. So mm-hmm. even now, you know, I don't have any manufacturer support. I just buy a bike and I ride it. I ride, buy one here and buy one in Australia and then have a tour bike. And yeah. they last me two years at least because I split my time over three bikes and I basically don't get dirty. So yeah. <laughs> No, that's perfect. It's like so. So you basically now just focus on the freestyle side, or like, are you still are you still riding uh, racing Supercross, or do you actually? No, think definitely of, not. Yeah. I don't think I could race Supercross ever. I, I, I'm struggling <laughs> to make a lap these days. Um, yeah. I mean, I used to be able to. I used to. I still got decent timing. I just don't really like casing mm. shit or going long. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I can do a lap of a Supercross track, but uh, yeah, it's just just a little scary. It's too many risks involved, but. I did speed and style for a while. That was a really good event up until mm. 2016 or 15 yeah, when they stopped having yeah. at X Games. So that, that was an awesome event. I mean, the, the track was pretty short and not super technical, but um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a completely different bike setup for Supercross and, and freestyle, but you got to find something in the middle, but there's no mm. real gnarly step-on, step-off jumps where you need, you know, your yeah. suspension to be perfect or huge whoops. So um yeah i mean I, I i enjoy a little bit of motocross here and there but i mean i've been traveling and riding now for for, for over 16 years so it's um i wouldn't say i'm burning out but when i'm at home i just like to enjoy just just chilling and doing other things rather than going riding every second day so 
Exactly. But then, well, from the, from the stuff that I see in your YouTube channel and all that, the videos and stuff, it looks to me like you enjoy more the, like going, hitting ramps and, and, and stuff like that and focusing on, on that side instead of going out and building stuff or, or I might even haven't gotten to that, that part yet, but <laughs> <laughs> so um, like, what is your, what is your preference? Like, what is your focus on now? Because obviously now this is like the, it's the age of where um, someone can, someone like an axle or whatever can go on and build and start off with building ramps and filming content and make a living from that so how yep. are you pursuing how are you pursuing that that end um i mean i've i've liked to jump stuff and and, and do that but you know living in you know, when you live in california every winter you go out and you shovel jumps i'm never here yeah. in the winter you know i do yeah. summer here and then i go mm. home for summer it's so like i've only, I, yeah i've only <laughs> been um i've only been out here for like one one not even a full winter so i rode the hills a couple of times with the guys and shoveled yeah. i mean that's fun mm-hmm. i don't really like the shoveling part of it yeah, you know, I like yeah <laughs> earth moving equipment but um yeah yeah i mean it's definitely fun when you go out there there's a big group in your shovel but i mean um it's just i do it more but we don't have any free riding spots mm-hmm. in australia unless someone owns the property otherwise you get your, your ass handed to you by the cops for, for riding there on an unregistered bike and all the, all the stuff so yeah yeah over here it's perfect you just park up at someone's house that lives out near the hills usually twitch lives out there and then you just go ride from there and take a shovel and you build some jumps and the dirt's perfect out here it's like chocolate cake as soon as it rains like it's so easy to shovel and and it's perfect like australia you get rocks and boulders you're in the desert so um we don't have the access to to free ride spots so i never did too much of it going home but i I always used to build my own tracks at home like supercross tracks and and freestyle down ramps to jump but never really had access to a huge amount of dirt or anything like that. I did some free ride stuff with Boydy at a huge quarry. We had a, a couple of times, uh, cruise X, uh, ride park over the last couple of years, we built some big jumps there. That was fun, but just the, yeah. the sheer effort and the, like the money to put into the diesel to build all those jumps was to jump them a few times. And then, you know, the weather usually ruins and that, and then you got to redo it all again. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's good for a video part here and there for me, but I don't focus solely on, you know, going out and filming in the hills and stuff like that. Um, I'm pretty kind of set my ways now a little bit older. So trying new things is a little bit riskier and you don't, you don't bounce as much as you used to. Yeah. So the recovery, with... the recovery time is usually left a little bit longer then. <laughs> I, I mean, I touch wood. I haven't broken. Oh, that's a lie. I broke my neck and back last year. Um, but before that, I, uh, I went about four or five years without it, without a broken bone or an injury. So, yeah. um, I mean, it was great. I really enjoyed that. I got to yeah. ride for 12 months a year and, and, and earn good money all year where, you know, my first six years in competing, I spent six months a year off the bike. So, Jeez. No, I was yeah, about to, 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 to ask about that. So how, like I said, with it now being, it's not like a normal job where you can take sick leave. If you're not riding, you're not getting paid in that. How, how do you mentally handle that? And how do you prepare for that? So like I said, in, in, a, in a sense of um, for, because I usually try and extract information from guys like yourself that like do it for a living. You guys earn a living riding bikes and that, and to encourage other guys in South Africa and, and, and all around anyone that listens to that too, so they can go and listen to a podcast like this and say, okay, but you know what, this is kind of what I need to do and kind of, because you don't get the education part on this. You get the guys that say, yes, cool, yes you need no, to make content. You yeah. You need to you need to be, have skill on a bike. You need a, a good filmer and a good photographer to capture whatever you're doing or you like you do it like no you, one teaches to the a to b stuff 
Yeah, yeah. No one, no one treat, uh, teaches you how to do it sustainably because if you crash, that's you out. And nine times out of ten, even in South Africa, if any of the motocross guys get injured, nine times out of ten, it's um, back to your day job, back to your nine to five, and then you kind of hopefully if slowly you can physically go. do it. Yeah, that as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, um, I mean, I think the worst time I've had as far as time off the bike is COVID. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um yeah, this year's this this year's been horrible. I mean, we I usually do thirty shows a year with Nitro. This year we've done three. So my last yeah. uh paying event was March. So uh I mean uh, you just gotta be smart with your money and, mm. and, and save it. Just because you're earning a, a good amount of money doesn't mean you can go out yeah. and splash your cash. So exactly. uh, spend a little, save a little is, is what I've always been about. So mm. um yeah, this year's been pretty horrible. I mean lucky, you know, Monster has still been great. It's it's kinda it's a little bit harder to do any kind of content or anything when you're locked up. You know, I was stuck mm. in Australia for a long time. So uh just getting back to it now. But yeah, just uh you know, when you earn good money, don't don't go out and blow it straight away. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've been lucky over over the years with Monster, they've been great. You know, I've still been able to do some appearances and stuff like that during my injury time. And um yeah, it was yeah. my time was a lot before social media too. Mm-hmm. I think only Twitter was out when mm-hmm. I won X Games. So you didn't have to be posting all the time. Like X Games yeah. was the big event on TV and it was in the magazines. So mm-hmm. it didn't matter if you were injured because if you did a good at X Games, it basically covered you till next year. I was crazy. Jeez, uh. So, um, yeah. So back, back then, like, yeah, 2009 or 2008, 2010, um, if you, you know, if you just rode X Games, your sponsors were stoked for, for a few months at least because yeah. um, that was the only event that really mattered. Oh, we did have Jew Tour and stuff back then. Red Bull X Fighters was a little bit different. That was worldwide, which was good. But um, mm-hmm. as far as in America goes, they weren't too concerned. But um, because yeah, I didn't really do any of those. You know, I never got invited to like on X Games. It took me a while to get there. So um, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's it's a lot different now. Like your social media is everything. You know, I mean, you can now you can backlog a lot of foot backlog a lot of footage when you are riding. Yeah. So if you do have an injury or some time off, you still have content to post. It's all about being consistent with that. So that that's another way that you can work in your advantage now is, is you are, if you are not writing, you can still be, you know, posting about it. Sometimes like whatever, whatever you have on Instagram, people will believe, you know, so <laughs> you might be sitting at home with a broken wrist, not tell anyone. And you just keep mm. posting another picture each week and no one will really know that you're injured. I mean, that's not the best way to do it, but um, yeah. if you, you know, it can, it can help you in, in some sense, if you just keep your content up. So true. So, so you've, uh, you've done, uh, moved into, cause I, so I only recently found your, your videos on YouTube and then, because i've been following you on, on instagram and then every now and then see a picture here and there and that's so, but have you kind of like is that now basically the way forward for for people that do freestyles is obviously you do a lot of show or you like in previous you did a lot of shows with with nitro circus and all that but then keeping up with social media is is there a balance that you want to like you want to still sustain that social media or just yeah, focus I mean, on the writing they, they- they go hand in hand. I mean, if I'm at Nitro, I've got I've got plenty of content to, mm. to take photos and post and everything. And that's, yeah. you know, you just got to keep people updated on what you're doing. So mm. if you're not doing that, then, you know, you got to get the motivation to go out, go ride somewhere and film and get the GoPro out and, or yeah. edit a YouTube video as well. So mm. it's, uh, it's almost easier when you're on Nitro because there's other riders, there's always other riders to ride with. There's always action every day mm. to film, you know, it can be, can be a little bit repetitive just going out and practicing here in Temecula just with the same, you know, one or two riders at yeah. the same riding spot so nitros i mean 
it's, it makes it easier to do those one because you're getting paid for that and two you're getting a great opportunity to produce a, a lot broader content but yeah so you definitely have to do that for both um you know we don't have contests really anymore x games mm. you, obviously this year was um off but you know freestyle is a lot smaller than it used to be the tricks are gnarlier but you know the whole event is is the prize money to know what it used to be that, that like for Europeans to come that it basically don't even come to America to, to compete here just because, mm-hmm. you know, unless they get third place, they're not going to make any money. So yeah. it's definitely a hard gig to, to X games now than what it used to be, but, and no due to uh, no X fighters. I'm not sure if they're making a comeback. So uh, it's definitely all about your content. And then if you're doing shows as well, that helps with your content. So it's mm-hmm. like I said, they go hand in hand, but I mean, I, I, no, 2017, I did 52 shows, so that works out to be one a week. But um, yeah, so this year, Jeez, uh, three, it's a, it's a lot different. So I, I, I'm hoping all the shows that got postponed this year are going to be put into next year, and I'll just have a really busy year. But um, yeah. we're all going to wait and see what happens around the world. Yeah, definitely. In, in, in our side as well, so freestyle in, in South Africa has been basically shut down because with the whole lockdown and that we have a, a crew over here called Jungle Rush FMX. They uh, did a hell of a lot of shows and go to events and these and this and that. But like I said, in South Africa, we don't have uh, big um, competitions or anything. We've got one um, competition that was started by our local um, action sports magazine um, called just King of the Whip where we have a whip contest and a little bit of a best trick competition just to um, start getting the people involved in that. And we, this year would be, would have been the first year that we've actually had two international guests, but with fast house, we would have brought uh, Vicky Goldman, uh, Golden and um, what's a Patrick, Patrick Evans. They would have both Patrick came. Evans, yeah. 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 They would have come to South Africa and actually competed in the event and that. So that would have been our first big thing of exposure the other uh, prior to that we had nick devitt he competed yeah, in, in that would have been cool uh, yeah he, he competed in in, in x fighters yep. and all that so it's 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 been a tough stuff and this has been a big knock and on, on, on all yeah thing. i've ridden all with nick before stuff. he's really cool yeah yeah nick's a legend the best thing of all is when i bought my first yeah, bike, dirt bike after a while now i actually bought his old uh, x fighters bike oh really that's yeah <laughs> yeah he he rode he rode our nitro shows with us too so yeah, he's always rode solid and um yeah good to yeah. hang out with so yeah it, it definitely so i mean australia had nothing in no contest i mean 2005 i think or four they had the planet x extreme games and then uh at the supercross they had a bit of a best trick contest um or whatever but most most some of them were for prize money some of them were just for the crowd and yeah. um yeah, so as far as a big event, we had X Games Sydney last year, but that was a disaster with weather. Um, the guys got to practice for about four minutes before their run. Jeez, so yeah. literally, I think everyone did about eight jumps and then went straight into the live TV contest. So Jeez, yeah. it was, uh, I that mean, hats off to those guys. Someone asked me yeah. if I if I miss not competing and I said, I definitely wouldn't want to go out there with eight jumps practice and then just send my whole run. I probably would have been a C-list trick run, yeah. but you know, Pages just ride straight out and double flips after, you know, test jumping the super kicker once. So it's, uh, yeah, that's, I used to be like that, but now I'm a little bit timid. Um, yeah. And I think about what happens if I don't land it where I used to didn't care. So yeah, that, that was the only contest we've had for a long time in Oz. Um, and yeah, so I guess it's a bit like South Africa. There's been people that have tried to bring it back, mm. but I mean, motorsport as a whole in Australia is just not big enough. I mean, we've got V8 supercars outside of that. And then, 
you know, we got AFL and cricket, and that's they take up everything. And rugby, you guys have yeah. <laughs> yeah. rugby too. But um, yeah, like other than that, you know, like soccer in Australia is not even like a huge mm. thing. It's just you know AFL and cricket, and you know rugby's decent as well. But obviously Australian football's uh, bigger in Oz. But yeah. yeah, so as far as motorsports goes, there just isn't the crowds. And the same as Supercross series, you know, we can mm. only we can only get away with you know five rounds a year, one in each capital city. Mm. Um, as opposed to here in America, but um, yeah, like uh, the freestyle events, unless they're piggybacking on the back of a of a um, Supercross or something, you're just not going to get the the motorsport fans there. It just doesn't yeah. have just doesn't have the uh, the people that want to go watch it. Which which exactly. Sucks, yeah. So so you would then say um, you moving to the US or like getting more stuff that would is key to the whole your your success in your career so far. Uh, I mean, it definitely was back then. I don't think it's absolutely necessary to live here now. You know, guys like Levi Sherwood, he moved back to New Zealand and mm. he just come out for a couple of months, uh, not even, you know, six weeks when he did X Fighters, X Games and, and Nitro World Games and then goes back home where uh, when I first come here, there was five rounds of Dew Tour, one a month, and then there was X Fighters in Europe. It's obviously a mm. lot closer to fly to Europe from California than yeah. it is from Australia. Exactly. So uh, I wasn't doing all the X fighters, but still it was close for other events in Europe. So I do some mm. supercrosses over there at the end of the year. Um, and so, yeah, it was ne- necessary to move here back then. And now that I've set up here, I'm a US citizen and an Oz, Oz citizen. So it's, it's easy for me to come here with my house and all that stuff. So, yeah. uh, but for riders now, like to move here, it's not, it's not necessary at all. So, um, you know, if you're not already here, California is expensive as hell to live. The traffic mm. sucks. The weather's <laughs> hot all the time. So, I mean, it is good that it never rains. You can always ride. But at the yeah. same time, you're just like, man, I'm sick of it being so hot out here. But, um, yeah. yeah, like I said, it's, it's pretty expensive to live here. Like, you know, you move one state across and you, it's probably half the living cost. So, sure. it's um, it's got the high, but it's real. It's a bit, yeah. it's a bit, you get pretty burnt out here after a while. But, um, you know, the traffic, you can drive really, really fast when the traffic's moving. But <laughs> a lot of the time it's dead stop. So, so, but yeah, definitely. I came, my first trip to America was 2006. And then mm-hmm. since then, I've, you know, 2007 was a write-off. I smashed my ankle a bit. So I was planning on coming here for the whole second half of the year, but I only lasted a month. Yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then moved here in LA. So you prominently moved moved to LA just for the scene that back then, not just for any other specific reason, just to be within the, the scene of everyone else being there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's where all the places are to ride. I mean, I wasn't going to finance a whole, you know, property and build a landing and stuff that I just mm-hmm. used for a couple of months of the year. And there was, you know, Nate's house, Deegan's house, Fire's house, Twitch had a set up for a while. Matto's got his set up. Mm. Like there's uh, Fitzpatrick. There was always somewhere to ride. So, yeah. you know, back then when there was, there was about 20 or 30 of us that lived here that was riding and competing all the time. So every, every morning you'd, or afternoon you'd go ride and you could go to one spot and there'd yeah. be 10 of you there. And then the afternoon spot, maybe head up Fitzpatrick's at sundown. And, and you know, it was um, crazy. You know, growing up, Cam and I used to just ride for about eight hours a day, like go out, film, and then come back, have some food, go back and just keep ride, 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 yeah. and then not ride for another five days because we'd have other stuff to do. Here mm. they go go riding for about and half an hour in the morning, just do all your tricks once or twice and pack it up, go home, and then come back in the afternoon and do the same thing again. It's like, I was sort of, it was different to get used to, but I think it was a little bit better. You know, you got to run mm. through your tricks at a bit, bunch of different spots. But 
Um, yeah, so it was necessary a move here. I mean, just I wouldn't it pretty much made it easier. So, um, yeah. you know, having all the other riders here and, and spots to ride and stuff, and the weather always being good, it, it was better than just moving somewhere where I did one, I didn't know anyone, two, I didn't know where to ride. So, mm. basically, Southern California was, was the place to be. Exactly. Yeah. No, from from what I'm like, I've seen everyone. Everyone is there. It's like if if you watch any of you guys' video, if it's your video, if it's um, if it's Twitch's videos or whatever, everyone's always there. If it's Axel's videos, like everyone's always riding together, and I think that is that that like helps with 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 um, everyone's development because that's the thing that I saw here is when before the lockdown and that everyone like we had a group of we still have the group on on WhatsApp and 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 stuff, but. Uh, we've got a few guys and, and we went and rode like every second, at least every second weekend. And it kind of the, grew the sport. But if, if I know if I had just myself and I, okay, I would go and ride. There's a, there's a track a lot closer to me, but I usually went and rode and riding by myself. I just, okay, cool. I rode and then I'm tired. And then I go and sit down a bit. But if I've got two or three mates there with me on the track or with me riding and jumping or whatever, and they push it and they jump that or make it a little bit gnarlier, then I'm more motivated. It's like, fuck this. I'm going to get back on my bike. I want to try and try and do this a, a bigger or faster or go faster around the track or whatever so i think like yes it would be cool that you and with the internet and being everything being on social media now i think it would be yeah you can live anywhere you can go and live in norway if you want to but um yeah i think with that scene there it's it's, yeah. it's quite a good thing to have the people surround you with well definitely like as you said you rode every second weekend like that was the same for me and cam you know if we were one was away doing one thing or one was away doing the other or you know, it was winter in Melbourne. We wouldn't really ride at all. So you'd, yeah. where you'd get together as a group and you'd ride every, you know, week or, you know, and make a good effort of it. We're here. There's always someone pretty much riding every couple of days. It's obviously, it's a lot quieter now. You know, Tucker's mm. here. Uh, Vicky's riding at the moment. Maddo's off the bike. Twitch is off the bike at the moment. Um, but Axel, Axel spots about an hour away, mm. but it is pretty wild. But yeah, you go there and someone jumps something, then you want to hit it too. And yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that's it's pumps you up, like you said, it keeps you motivated to, to do stuff rather than just riding out into your own. You know, I've got jumps in my backyard in Australia, which I mm. planned on riding when I was locked in for COVID, but yeah. it was just wet the whole time. But to go out there and ride by myself, it's not really that motivating. You know, it's, mm. it's kind of boring after doing it for so long. You know, you want to be riding with your mate and yeah. getting some good shots, maybe with the go pro or something like that or trying new stuff but i don't really try too much new stuff anymore i'm a little bit i like to just stick with what i know <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, going going on on that thread is what is what what is what do you see as your path going forward now in in, in the sports like what would you see your your would you be the what role would you play in in the in developing the sport or just what is your what is your views on going forward now like so after all this covid shit ends now Uh, yeah, that just depends really what happens. I mean, I'm just going to finish out, uh, you know, with Nitro and stuff like that. So just doing shows, whether it's monster gigs at the Supercross. Um, other than that, you know, I've been, uh, excuse me, ugh, I've been trying to do a lot of four-wheel stuff, you know, with age comes the cage. So um, <laughs> I've been doing a little bit of that, but I mean, it's it's pretty hard to, um, it's pretty hard to break into that scene unless, you know, you're, you're kind of raised into it with you know it's it's an mm. expensive gig um race cars definitely so I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have the support of yokohama who uh supported me through all the stuff that i've done it's not really that it's not overly much but it's definitely it's something different from two wheels so mm. um i mean it, it just all depends with the sport 
sport, what opportunities keep arising. I mean, I'm, there's not too many events. You know, Tyler Beerman just had his event. You know, only had five riders at it. So obviously, there's you know, a lot of people that would have loved to have gone and, and ride at that. But just the opportunities are so limited. I mean, this year's really made it bad with COVID. Mm. But it all depends how everything bounces back. It. Uh, I mean, I hate to see it if it, it was just a whitewash where a lot of events didn't recover next year or. Yeah. Or whether, you know, with people with money troubles, they're not going to buy tickets to things like that, whether freestyle shows will be first on the list of not mm-hmm. getting tickets. So, yeah, so, um, yeah it, it's a pretty scary time for the sport. So whether X Games will come back to Sydney or to Australia, you never know, especially with all the bad luck they had. They're definitely not going to come back this year. But whether they even bother next year, you know, it's it's uh, X Fighters is not there anymore, whether they're going to come back. And mm. I think they were all probably going to, but now with COVID, it, it could have scared a lot of people and and you know sponsorship dollars and stuff for for events as well as for riders is yeah. is probably going to be a bit more limited than it has been so it's all just going to have to sit back and play it by ear and, and see how it all pans out you know i'd hate to see that freestyle would you know kind of phase out especially with everything that's happened um mm. but you never know in this day and age so that's <laughs> What do you what do you see the like so now? Let's say the um, you're saying it it might might die out the event stuff and all that. But then what do you see would be the future going um, in the in the freestyle scene or just dirt biking in general? Let's say we uh, we will tend to want still have supercross and motocross and all those the MX events and GPS and and stuff like that. But in the in the freestyle scene, do you see it then basically all going into social media and let's say events like Tyler Beerman's uh, Beerman's event that he's hosting now and all focused on stuff like that where um, a sponsor like Red Bull or Monster or whatever would know they're going to get an X amount of return out of it or do you think they'll actually try and see if they can they invest in, in, in events again? Um, it's really tough. Red Bull always likes to do unique stuff. Um, so, yeah. It's... Uh, everything that happened in the supercross geico honda team shut down mm. so it's a lot of stuff all over even in motocross and supercross which you'd never think they'd go anywhere so um you know i know nitro has struggled to get sponsors for the last few years where we've had shows um so that's that's a big deal um yeah where it all depends how it bounces back but it definitely mm. social media is kind of already um a huge factor for for a ride you know as a freestyle rider whether you can go you know, beerman and axel and that they've uh they've been doing social and just just free riding and stuff for for a few years now i mean obviously x games best whip but and quarter pipe it kind of catered for those guys when you know it's so easy to build the court just the best whip landing that those guys they just make an event for them you know they, they kind of yeah. really helpful for those guys because they just went straight on into an x games event which is now you know it'll definitely run when freestyle sometimes gets cancelled because of weather <laughs> they'll always get best whip and and quarter pipe in so mm-hmm. it's uh yeah the, the the social media stuff that those guys do the content the free riding that's huge so um i just it's just going to be hard you know with less opportunities for less riders it's um it's kind of a good it's kind of easy if you're in the sport already if you know what i mean it's so mm-hmm. hard for an up-and-coming nowadays with with a lack of events the lack of ways to expose yourself to get sponsorship for a sport mm-hmm. that's pretty expensive to just to yeah. start and to, you know, if you want to learn to flip and stuff like that, a foam pit or an airbag, you know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's not an easy route. So yeah, it's, um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens over the next year.
definitely yeah. no it's it's like exactly what you said it's a it's a sad thing to see because it's a sport that we all love and all we, we enjoy oh, and that and uh, oh there we go <laughs> No, I said it's a it's a sport that we all love, and that and, and it would be like when 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 even when X Fighters stopped, I like I was super sad because I know like I said okay, this is now the first sport. That's a big event, and for them to just call it and uh, just say okay, and yeah, yeah, that's that's about it. It's 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 a sad sad day to see it, and then you think okay, now it's going to be just a tumbleweed of other things going along. But luckily, stuff like the real moto is picking up, and uh, worth guys like like Biriman and that that hosting these events and the free riding it's at least keeping the sport good and and i think it's making it more accessible yes it's still expensive to buy a bike and get all that and then but if you've got the right attitude towards it i think you can really make a difference and or build yourself up in that scenario it's just um the yeah to to have all to basically first get into that scene get comfortable on a bike and then start focusing on improving yourself because social media is so so big these days it's just to find your audience and then go from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's, it, it opens up a lot more opportunities for guys that just want to do video parts because you can do them anywhere in the world. You don't have to be at an event. So as you said, that's a, that's a great new way for, for people to break into the sport. So yeah, it's, there are opportunities. Um, it's just a little, it's just a little bit of a different path from what it used to be. So, it's, you know, if you can figure that out, it's going to be, it's going to be good. And I think there will be stuff for a, a fair while. Um, just uh, from what I see from like events and stuff like that, it's just a scary time for that kind of thing. But I think Definitely. the sport's still, still going well, um, minus this year. But um, yeah. yeah, as you said, people with the right attitude can go out there and film, film their, film their videos and, and create content and stuff. And, and you know be uh, you know really successful in the sport definitely now going let's say going forward if you um if you had to give advice to to someone that is now starting out and wants to go into free riding or or dirt bike basically do it do it for a living what would your advice be to someone like that always wear your helmet <laughs> um yeah <laughs> Think twice before you do anything stupid because I, I didn't, yeah, where your brain bucket. I didn't think mm. a lot, a lot of the times. I just went one and done, just went for broke. So um, mm. I got a permanent limp now, which is uh, pretty annoying. But um, yeah, just uh, just take your time and, you know, feel everything out and confidence up. Um, that's the main thing. Yeah, it's always good to send it. But yeah, if you just send it, send it, send it, you're, you're going to bin it sooner or later. But um, yeah, and just focus on, focus on your bike skills or anything. You know, learn to ride a track, learn to ride a motorcycle before you try and jumping ramps, flips, tricks on it because you need bike control. It's yeah. so funny when you watch a guy at a freestyle show. He, all he uses is the back brake when he lands and he just skids, almost hits the wall every time. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, yeah. You never want to be in front of that guy in a train. No, no. Well, that's actually the scary part is, is because I had the same turn of thought when I got my bike and like I, said, I bought it from uh, the guys and I, I work with um, quite closely with the Jungle Rush guys and doing photography for them. And, and that. so uh, when I bought my bike and, and I started riding it, I was like, okay, cool. No, I'm, I think I'm ready to, to learn to, to get some, get some jumps and that going. And they said, Whoa, just calm your tits a bit and just go and hit the track and get comfortable. Yeah, the track and, yeah learn to, learn to jump on the, on a, on 
a like a normal motocross track before you even start thinking of hitting steel ramps or anything. Because then, and that's the thing. As soon as you, because one of our tracks that we have close by here, we've got uh, jumps there, and so I go and race on the track, yeah. and then I'll go and just stand in front of that one of those steel jumps, and I was like, okay, that's so intimidating. <laughs> yeah, sorry, the dogs there. Um, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's, but it's also like chilling out the traction before the ramp. Like, if you mm. don't know what a dirt bike handles like on dirt, you know, mm. you're not going to know what it's going to. Whether you're on a grass run up, a dirt run up, a concrete run up, you know, whether the ramp's got a decent kick in it, whether you can just yeah, whether you're going to panic. I mean, yeah, like guys that have flat crash flips before, if they're not really ready to do it to dirt, as soon as the thing yeah. rotates a little slow, they freak out and jump off. So, I mean, you need to tuck yourself in, hold that thing wide and hopefully get it to spin around so you land heavy on your front wheel. But if you jump off straight away, you're screwed, you know, then you, it usually ends pretty bad. So yeah. just everything like that, you've, you've done, if you don't do, put in the work when you get caught, it's not, you can usually get away with stuff, but when you get caught out, you don't know how to react. So, you know, we'll just hit the ramp funny and then they just bail off or, you know, don't put their weight in the right spot if they're going to flat land. And, you know, I've seen people just smash their jaw to pieces on the bar pad because they don't know how to flat land. So, yes, you yeah. know, you, you're jumping off ski jumps on a motocross track, you know how to brace for a, you know, a decent impact, which mm. should therefore, I mean, I've missed landing completely and I've never missed. So, um, yeah, you just, yeah, coming up short. I mean, I've had some good ones I've ridden away from. I've had other ones that haven't, but... You know, if you know if you know the best way to handle a situation, it all comes down with confidence and and stuff like that. And that's like I said, that goes back from just on a motocross track to translating that to flips to three sixties to what to going long to having a rider back off in front of you in a train and and you've got to slow down. And you know, if you can only turn around in second gear and hit the ramp at 40k's an hour with the exact same revs every time, you're going to be screwed if someone slows down in front of you. You know, you need to. Mm be able to come in fast and hit it with less thrust or just pop the clutch and pin it. You just stuff like that. It'll, it'll save you in the long run. There'll be so many situations where you ride shows with other riders and they don't hit the ramp the same as you. And, and it can cause you to panic. You think, Oh, I don't have enough speed. I'm not going to make it. But I mean, yeah. even on a 250 F you could come in slow and pin it. You know, I ride a 350 now and everyone just asks if I'm down on power. I'm like, no, not at all. I can still just give a bit of, clutch you know we ride in city times at a high elevation even like joburg mm. you know you don't even think your bike's gonna make it obviously joburg <laughs> you can't pop the clutch on the up ramp because um those things kind of struggle for air up there but if you've never ridden anything different before like different bikes you know growing up you you, you learn how to deal with it so mm. you know some of the stadiums we ride at uh uh, they don't have a tunnel Denver, which is a mile high, huge elevation, but there's no actual tunnel for the run up. So you have to start inside the stadium yeah. and you know, you're basically first snap second and hit the ramp. So, and we're going to do the nitro bomb with 12 guys there. So yeah, some people are just like, no, I can't do it tonight. They're like, Why not? You know, you need, need to have those skills. Mm. No, so, so basically it's all up to experience so, so your combination is firstly put on that helmet before you do anything never if you're not comfortable don't send it and yes. then just just but yeah experience i think learning from that and and yeah and learn, learn to ride a motorcycle yeah and, and it comes with like you saying how different, like different tracks different soil yeah, and you you jumping and, and, and breaking 40, 40 plus bones already. I think that counts for a hell of a lot of experience and knowing what to do, do what to what not to do. 
Yeah, I mean, I can usually tell kids what not to do in certain situations because I've learned from my mistakes. So, um, yeah, I mean, my biggest regret is a lot of the times I've got hurt has been when I smashed my ankle to pieces at at Jutor in 2007. I was doing a bonus jump at the end of my run after time. So I didn't even have to do it. And it was windy and a bunch of people had crashed and they said, don't do anything stupid. So what did I go? I did something stupid. So (laughs) it was just for the love just to show off. Uh, Yeah. After after I won X Games 2009, I ghost rode my bike and uh, blew out my ACL and my knee, yes. which had, I mean, it required a knee reconstruction. Yeah. So yeah, that was it. I was didn't even know I won yet, and I was sitting on the ground just holding my knee in, in agony because I'd blown it out, and yeah, and I had to limp up to the podium and then have surgery the next week. Yes, and um, to to extend, uh, as I could, the one thing that I that I never actually thought of, and and on that sense is um, on the medical aid side. Now, obviously, it's different from country to country, but um, how how does a company like that or medical cover and that handle that, or does it? How does that? How do you deal with with injuries and stuff like that? Um, I mean, because I traveled to. I think it was for a couple of FIM events. I had a motorcycling Australia license and you have to have a, an FIM license and then they won't give you one. If you've got another license, then you have to have proof of insurance. So I was lucky. I did a lot of the homework and got the proper insurance before I went to some supercrosses in Europe. I think it was 2006. And that insurance, like I ended up speaking with the bro and it became, it, it's a policy that's a worldwide health insurance. So I'm covered anywhere in the world. Mm. Um, for I got to pay the first $1,800 and they pay the rest, no matter if it's millions. So, and I get a free life flight, a medi a jet evacuation flight in a private yeah. jet. If I need it, I've never nice. used it, but I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, I know that that can't be fun. So, um, but I mean, if the first, like a lot of, a lot of riders start go, go fund me after they get their hospital bills. I'm like, you know, mm. you're not regular people that just walk down the street or just have everyday life, have medical insurance because in America, there's no free health healthcare but you know you're gonna ride a dirt bike you obviously you can make you make good money out of it then you should really insure yourself you don't own a ferrari and put an insurance policy for a prius on it yeah so like um yeah i mean the very first year i got hurt in america i went to hospital obviously three days in intensive care then flew to california had surgery and i got home and they sent me a bill for ninety eight thousand dollars, and i was like oh shit I got to yeah. sell everything. I'm screwing this full year here, I'm, and I'm already I'm broke. Then it just said paid in full by insurance company minus eighteen hundred, and I was like, wow, that's worth it. So that paid yeah. for the next ten years already. So, Jeez, yeah, um, yeah, yeah it's uh, I've I've had it every year, and sometimes I've used it, sometimes I've never used it. But mm. when you've got it, once once you've had one injury, with once you pay the eighteen hundred dollars, you get hurt another ten times, and you don't have to pay the eighteen hundred dollars. So, you know, one year, am I, I think it's, it's pretty expensive now. It's about $11,000 a year because I'm older and I've got pre-existing injuries. But mm. when I first started, I think it might've been about six, $7,000 a year. But yeah. like I said, the second year I had it, I saved me 98 grand. So, you yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, it pretty much, um, I mean, I've, I've probably, medical bills in America are ridiculous. I don't know how they can justify what they actually charge you for or what they charge the insurance company. Mm. but um you know you spend a week in intensive care you're up for a couple hundred thousand dollars it's it's uh it's crazy so yeah yeah, you definitely definitely got to have your insurance and i'm just lucky mine's been it's a worldwide policy Mm. i i hope that a few other riders actually use the same one like a lot of aussie 
And um, yeah, as I said, I've never used a Medijet flight, but I mean, that, that could be life and death if you crash mm. in a certain country and you need to get out of there. So, yeah. I mean, it's pretty far to Medijet someone back to Oz. I don't think you can get a jet that far. <laughs> but yeah. um, I know that I can. Cam used his insurance that they used that insurance with a doctor home from uh, Madrid. So um, after he had his, after he's in the coma and stuff. So yeah, I mean, that's, it's like I said, you can't do our sport and expect to just pay mm. a, a small insurance fee or think you can get away without it. And yeah, so I said, some countries have free healthcare. America, if you got no insurance, they give you the bill, same as if you crashed your car. So mm. um I mean, Australia, yeah, but if you you don't want to just go in the public health system if you've you know got two broken arms and that, and they just yeah. put you oh you can have surgery in two to some random guy, you know at least mm. at least have the luxury. I mean that's one thing I I kind of regret now. My ankle was my first big injury, and I kind of just got sent to the. I mean he's a, probably a great surgeon, but he missed mm. to fix it all. He'd do a wrist, he'd do a collarbone, he'd do a knee, ankles, and. What I've learned in my experience is when you do break something, you want to see a, a specialist for that area, like yeah. a, a foot doctor that's, that'll only do feet. So all he's done for the last 20 years is cut apart people's feet. Yeah. And he's seen different scenarios of every scenario of every kind of shattered bone. Because, you know, my ankle yeah. was in rubble, broken talus, a shattered navicular, uh, five broken toes, all dislocated ankle. And yes. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's just like a, a mess in there. So, I mean, he put it together to the best of his knowledge, but you know it's it's fused to on a bit of an angle now and like i said i can't even run so yeah. you know you you always want to you know get some people if you can help other riders out now i was trying to do it with on nitro if someone gets hurt to get them from to a risk specialist so because yeah. it can be you know guys like motocross the riders know especially if you break your skate forward it can be a career-ending injury it's just a small Definitely, bone in yeah. your wrist but if you if it doesn't heal properly or you get it fixed by the wrong doctor you'll never hold a handlebar again cool like you watch me in a pair of shoes i look like a retard but you know motocross boots i'm fine because your ankle doesn't move so <laughs> yeah i mean i can only i i don't struggle to upshift gears but if the mm. way my foot moves in your shoe you, you'd think i wouldn't be able to upshift but you know mm. it's with a boot on it's like i said your foot doesn't flex up and down so yeah and so uh, that's that's the thing with with medical insurance and that that's another bit of advice don't take shortcuts on your insurance mm. even if you have free health care in what country you live i know canada you do look at getting a little bit better insurance because if you mm. do crash a dirt bike it's going to be a high impact and, and i mean you might have 10 crashes and get away with it but the one where you do get hurt you know my my ankle was destroyed in my leg for the rest of my life so yeah, yeah mainly because i broke it really bad but also because i didn't get the exact right help because you know and they just said i'll oh, go see our doctor in california and like i said he's a mr fix it all where i should have flown to you know somewhere where they fix skiers ankles you know that break ankles every day or something like that i've heard a lot about that people going to did a special knee surgery just strictly for acls but yeah. the insurance wouldn't cover it so didn't actually go there but yeah like i said scaphoids they can end your career um yeah ankles they end your running career i'm definitely not going to be a foot model <laughs> well definitely like a different different uh, alternative foot model <laughs> yes yes i can yeah i've got two different feet but they're different size so jeez yeah it's um i can model yeah. different shoes at once if you want 
Yeah. <laughs> no, but look, that's that. See, this is now exactly the part of, of, of the information that nobody actually gets because you see these guys riding and then you see them crashing. And then tomorrow, like in three or four weeks' time, they're back on the bike riding again. Everything is unky dory. No one's, no one's, and nonetheless, but you don't, you don't get the guy that says to you, you know what, go and pay the extra for the specialist instead of, of, instead of having some like doctor fix it all, like you said, fix it. Because I had the same thing. Yeah, with my, my insurance even covered. Yep. Even covered six months. Sorry, my, my insurance even covered six months of physical fee. So I could see my really good physician over here and mm. they covered all those bills too. Like I know if you've got free healthcare in your country, they don't pay you yeah. physical therapy. That's no, for sure. Yeah. So um, yeah, like that, that's a huge thing too is, you know, if, if it's just go see this guy or whatever, you know, I could go see who I wanted and, and get the best treatment. And um, yeah, yeah, as you said, you don't see all that stuff on Instagram. You don't actually get that. You really don't hear that advice too much. as mm. like Because obviously you don't want to talk about getting hurt, but let's be yeah. honest, it's a motorcycle. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's, it's going to happen, and yeah. especially in freestyle. You know, anything can happen. You can have mechanical failures, the windy conditions. You know, you, you never want to be riding in, in terrible conditions. But um, And you can be caught out at any time. It could be another rider's mistake. It could be your mistake. Um so yeah just um yeah you do take the precautions there because you know long after dirt bikes are done you're gonna need you're gonna need your body so i didn't really respect that too much or didn't obviously well i wouldn't say i didn't have the advice but it was just like the care i think about tomorrow i was for six years i either ended on the podium or ended in an ambulance it was and then now i'm paying for that you know with with my knees get sore my ankle doesn't move proper you know i that's why i don't i don't i ride you know i ride a few days a week um and that's about it but not for very long periods of time just you know just otherwise it just gets too sore you know if we go out, if we go out to the hills for a day or go to Kangle for free ride trip for three days you know i'm screwed by the end of it so um i mean a lot of us are you know twitch is pretty old now he's like 60 <laughs> So, um, yeah, like we were, you know, even Beerman, he had a really bad ankle injury in uh, Queensland and, um, like Red Bull, I spoke to him straight away and, and of someone I knew from Red Bull in Oz who was at the hospital with him, who used to work for Freerider magazine. And I said, oh, is he all sorted for a surgeon? Cause I know some, you know, some good doctors in Oz, mm. but I'm sure it's the same as a rugby player in, in, in South Africa. Like if a football player gets injured on TV on Friday night, they mm. show him on the news next morning, going straight into mm. Olympics sports park medicine or something, you know, like the majors and getting a scan straight away. You know, I've gone to yeah. doctors before and like, with a, and like you need an MRI, you got to wait two weeks or you can't get a specialist appointment for two weeks. And mm. most people that are, work a regular job or on work cover and they're like, now, nah, you know, that's fine. I'll just sit on the couch where, you know, we're like, we want to get back to work, but you know, they're like, Oh, you ride a dirt bike. Well, you're not a, you know, a special athlete or anything. You're just going to have to wait your turn. But I'm mean, lucky. I now over the years, I've met people that have, that can get me in for a scan pretty quick or get to see the right doctors. And that's why I try and, you know, help out other riders if they are injured. Um, you know, Nitro, we had a bad accident the other year where there's two broken ankles on one guy and two broken wrists on the other guy. And I'm like, all right, let's get him out of, we're in Wyoming somewhere. He's probably mm. never heard of it. See, <laughs> so I'm like, let's, he broke both his surgeons. Get him out, get him out here. Cause if, um, you know, Dr. Feelgood puts him back together tonight and it could end his BMX career. So, yeah, just like I said, I'm probably repeating myself now, but um, yeah, those things are are, are huge. So you you don't want to you got to plan for the worst, hope for the best. So yeah, that's the big bit of advice. Wear your helmet, make sure it's a good helmet, and um, <laughs> yeah. 
but also, you know, make sure your medical insurance is there. And, you know, like I've had, there's even writers in California, Andy Backen that works for DBK, like his health insurance changed because he had a kid. So he wasn't, it wasn't covered at the time. So he just stopped writing for the few weeks where he had his, you know, and you think he's only going to the track, but you know, someone lands or something like that. Next thing you know, you go, you break, just break your wrist or something or just go to hospital and you know, there's twenty, thirty thousand dollar bill. You just get thrown at you because you didn't want to wait for your insurance to be updated. So yeah, just um, never do anything without insurance. You know, it's, it's good. A lot of the events we do, yeah, Nitro make us get it or you can pay, they take some out of your show fee and they provide insurance for you. So it's, um, it's good that way. None of us actually ride with when we're not covered. Yeah. No, you, um, you know, also mentioning about the about the gear and previously you meant about um, it's like if you, you can you can in free, free free ride or whatever you can get a um, like equipment failure basically where your bike dies out or something happens with that side. Have you ha- ever had any any troubles in in that sense of the word of like bikes failing in you half halfway up around? Um, or- I mean, like I. Yeah, I, let me think about it. I've made my own mistakes. I went to uh, Munich, Germany, X-Fighters and built a brand new bike that they had there for me and didn't check the fuel. Oh. And um, I went out for speed and style practice. I wasn't competing, but it was there and we went riding freestyle the next day, but it was indoors and it was raining outside for our, our course. So I thought I'll go hit the ramp there for a bit. And I did hard, like a lap of the Supercross track or the speed and style track and turn the final corner and it just went up, like, 15 feet before the ramp so i mean i i was about half a second off yeah not good so um mechanical failures not not really i mean i keep my stuff pretty in check and then i never have my bikes for a long period of time like i said but i'm you know growing up motocross obviously you ride a mud race and your bike never looks the same again but um i i try and you know freestyle you obviously you don't ride in the mud you you can ride a little bit in the mud and go trail riding and stuff and get splashed a bit but you're not you're not slugging the thing through a muddy sand rut, just clutching yeah. the hell out of it. Just it yeah. basically destroys your bike. Like I mean, I I literally ride my bike for two years and I won't change the the usually the brake pads and the clutch will last that whole time because you're yeah. not getting sand or anything in there. You're not and same as the um it's so crazy that even with an air filter, um what my engine guy told me, there's still that's fine particles of dirt through that gets on valves and that's when your bike gets hard to start. Yeah. And you know, my bikes have always been easy as far, especially the old Honda two fifties. They were fine for the whole time I had them because we just ride on plastic wood and steel. So it's it's kind of a blessing in disguise for that. Obviously you have to keep up on your maintenance, change your oil, but you know, on tour, I'll change my filter just after about eight shows because it may can do sixteen shows on a on a nitro setup without changing air filter because there's there's no dust. The only dust comes off your front brake pads from doing so many stoppies after yeah. the land. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you, you obviously, yeah, you keep tight your chain. I mean, I always like to strip my bikes from you. I wouldn't pull the engine out, but uh, grease all the linkages, grease the headset because they obviously come with a bare minimum in there. Yeah. And then, you know, as I said, not getting them dirty and filthy and that, that, that grease will last a year, no worries. Then you just strip it down and grease it again. But if you are riding a lot in the muddy conditions or whatever, or even if you ride freestyle where you water a lot or it could mm. be rain, yeah, you should do it. You should do it more often. But um, it's kind of sounds lazy, but it's, it's obviously you don't do stuff unless it's necessary. Yeah, but true. um, you keep you keep your eye on your shit, and um, and you know, like you, I, I usually just change my handlebars for you. I'm fortunate enough, pro tape will you know send me as many bars as I want. You, they only bend when you crush them. Obviously, well, like, they don't even bend when you crush them most of the time. Yeah. So it's usually you bend your your triple clamp mounts. But um, 
you know, I'll just throw a new set of handlebars on at the end of the year. Just one, because it looks a little fresher, just from the tie-downs or whatnot, and then just for peace of mind. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's stuff like that. You just you just got to keep your eye on on your parts. Chain and sprockets, obviously, you just pull the chain off, hold it, mm. see if it points to the ground, throw it out. So, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, you, you can kind of tell. And as mm. I said, riding ramps and freestyling, like when, you know, you water here in California, you just get a little bit of a dust layer on your bike. It's so easy to wash and stuff like that. Yeah. And, but, you know, in Oz, you go ride in some spots where it's that red clay and stuff oh, and a bit gosh, of water splashes up. And if you don't wash it that night, it stains your engine cases and, and all that. So, but, I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, just keep your eye on your bike. Two strokes are obviously a lot. That's why, I mean, I never really rode a two stroke. It wasn't necessarily a, a just thing I didn't like two strokes. I just grew up racing them. And then I got a 250F in 2001. And from there, we just rode a 250F and it, and it, wrote, it worked for both. It was yeah. more so when I started competing on the 250F. I didn't have enough power to do. I could jump 75 foot in Australia, no worries. But as soon as I tried the first contest study in America, one of the fourth ones was in Denver, which I'd never ridden at elevation. And I come out and I've frame case, I case both wheels on the landing. Yeah. Bike was just so slow. I'm like, what's wrong with this thing? And then um, it bogged on the ramp for a flip and I landed on my front fender first and somehow yeah. cartwheeled out of it. But um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, so that's when I changed to a 350 after I, I ran big ball kits. I had mm. so many jetting issues with the, the Honda 250F, especially when I traveled. So, you know, 2011, yep, I want fuel injection. I want electric start and I'm mm. too skinny and scrawny to hang on to a 450. So that's why, that's why I picked the KM350 and it's the perfect bike. But with the fuel injection and the air temperature sensor, they just, they tune themselves. You start them mm. once, run them for 10 seconds, turn them off. It picks up what's going on. But, um, you know, you go to, you know, Mexico City or, or Denver, you crack the throttle and the bike's going to go. Whether it's a lot slower, yeah. it's not going to cough, it's not going to splutter and it's not going to bog. And, you know, I've had bikes bog on 360s, which is just as bad as a flip because you don't get the power to rotate. Mm, yeah, and, um, yeah, you come up short, I can't wheel my brain up Mexico with that because that's flooded on the ramp where 50 in Mexico city and you come in off faster and you just get it way more throw off the ramp because you're anticipating the 30% less power, yeah. but it still pulls through the power off the ramp. So, you know, it's not going to cough and splutter. You know, Danny Torres, I think pulled out of that event because he could not get his bike to stop coughing and spluttering on the ramp. So yes, yeah, if you, if you're on a two stroke, you know, you obviously learn a bit about jetting and, and, you know, you use decent fuel and stuff like that because a, a cough and, this water is is one thing that can it can really ruin your day <laughs> definitely no i can imagine we had a scare the look it's a while back it was also a mate of mine on a two fifth uh two stroke yamaha and um he just like he did a lap hit the ramp i think he hit like 20 20 well 20 meters or whatever ramp and he landed came back and he's like something his bike feels lazy comes back and he hits the jump again and as he comes back and said no, no no something's definitely wrong he puts the bike up he checks there's no fuel in that tank left and i was like that, that's so crazy and it's it's all about experience oh. i think it's just just having that little bit of knowledge of actually because that's the first thing that i uh, that because i rode a bike back when i was in high school and then i had a whole like, like 10, eight, eight, 10 years that I didn't touch or touch a dirt bike. I was like still watching dirt bikes, but there's a difference between watching guys race bikes and jump bikes than actually owning a bike and maintaining it and fixing it and being able to take, take care of it. And then it's, that's when I actually learned a hell of a lot 
I also went to, well, I actually also had a KTM 350 and um, I went to KTM, got the workshop manual. And I, every, after every time we went and ride, I put it on the stand, get, it, get up and see what I can do. Just check this, check that every single time. Check spokes. I think I checked my spokes. Check I don't spokes know how many times. Yeah. So <laughs> just simple stuff like that, just to make sure that, so yeah, I'm trying to learn and get the experience of what can go wrong and that. And if mates of mine's bikes were were they were working on their bikes, I would just go to them and it's like, okay, cool. What are you doing on your bike? Let's like explain to me why you're going this and why you're doing that. And and you learn a hell of a lot with with just asking the people and getting experience from people. It's like, that's why this this podcast I because it's 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 awesome to like let's say freestyle guys listening to this and knowing okay you know what. Get insurance, work on their experience, get your bike control, wear a helmet, wear, well, wear a decent helmet, and then stuff like that where people don't think, okay, no, but I'm just going to get a cheap dirt bike, yeah. and I don't have money to maintain it, but I'll just jump it anyway, and then they get hurt, and then they can't pay for the injuries, and then they just, it, it, it stops someone from actually riding bike ever again. Okay, it, it, it just put you behind the eight ball so much to start. I mean, like, I've noticed that after I've been injured, I can have six, you know, the longest that I had off was eight months. You can basically do most of your tricks in the first week. So it's not like when you're at a competition level, yeah, you have to practice, practice, practice. But it's, if you don't have your bike's not ready or you think your chains, you know, you've got to buy a new chain or you got, and you've got to wait a couple of weeks for some parts, yeah. it's worth the wait. Like it's not worth, oh, I'll just get a couple more rides in before I do the top end just because I can't afford it this week. No, don't like that, that top end goes, you can yeah one you're still blown up and two you might not be able to work for a couple of months to fix it but mm. when you say if i ever had a bad mechanical failure it's actually funny it was in south africa um, <laughs> i came over for that uh, uh the supercross uh, sx supercross or supercross africa in yes, uh, yes, pretoria yes. yeah they didn't uh, loft the yeah yeah I, I actually got to wheelie on the stadium that was pretty cool oh nice <laughs> yeah so I got a bike. I I rode I rode 2014s at the time, and um, and obviously 2015s had come out, and the Supercross was in November, and so I was like, yeah, it's a 2015. Oh sweet, it's newer than my bikes. And I got there, and I think this thing had done the Paris to Dakar rally three Jeez. times. You know, I bought the little impact driver when I traveled just to pull the bike apart. It takes about 10 minutes with that thing just ringing, and yeah. the bolts were kind of seized in because they'd never been greased that it wouldn't pull them out. I had to crack them with the, with the ratchet to get them undone. And I'm yeah. like, man, this thing just rattles and like this thing's flogged. And yeah. I'm like, all right, it'll be fine. And then um, in the very first demo, I did a flip and I didn't spin like perfectly fast. It was totally fine. I just gave it a, you know, as you do, you hold it on the limiter as you off and um, it just went, and then made a real loud noise. And um, it Ooh. snapped the cam chain tensioner just after I took off. So the cam chain didn't actually skip. It was just so loose that it was rattling, but it blew a puff of smoke out when it did it. That's what they told me. And then I just landed. It was like, I'm all, yeah, look, I'm kind of yeah. done for the day. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the bike still ran. That was the craziest thing. But yeah, obviously the cam, the cam chain didn't skip, luckily. But if, I mean, if it skipped, the bike would have locked up. But I yeah. mean, I, I, I'm imagining I would have rotated to my wheels, but I w if I didn't pull the clutch in, it would have been a fun landing. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but, yeah. So. No, dude, that's well. Actually, thanks, thanks for for like giving this time and, and the hour and that to 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 like explain that and give a little insight off from your side and and that. But to to end it basically off and that, if you can have one quote that you live by something that you like if you ever do anything, this is the quote you reference in your life. What would that be? 
Um, if you're not wasted, the day is... No, I'm joking. No, no. <laughs> um, uh, probably, yeah. That was on a DBS stubby holder, a stubby holder, a can holder for about 10 years ago. Um, probably, like, if you're not having fun or getting the job done and it's, like, it's not worth it, you've either got to be, you know, doing something you love or be passionate about it or at mm. least doing it properly. You know, you, got, you can't just half-ass things. So, yeah, put the effort in and... and yeah, don't don't take shortcuts, whether it be off the bike, on the bike. Don't think, oh, yeah, one more speed check's fine, two more speed checks fine. Just because mm. someone else has hit the ramp doesn't mean you got to go and hit it straight away. Yeah, anything like that, you know. So yeah. take take your time and just be confident with it. You know, some and if if you're not feeling it, man, just sit out. So awesome, dude. Um, so um, for everyone listening, that uh, like I said, they want to go and follow you and, and 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 see you on social media and stuff like that. Where can they? Where can they find you? Where? What is your social media pages and and that? Uh, it's at Bilco FMX. So Facebook.com forward slash Bilco FMX. B I L K O. Same as my Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, I'm not really a tweeter. Um, <laughs> YouTube, uh, my channel is Bilco TV, I think. So I, I had a, I had a couple of years off there, um, and then uh, I've just started uploading again now. So um, it's been good. Um, just trying to find some different stuff to film right now in California. There's not too much going on, but still, just go on ride days. It's it's crazy. Just putting like basically, I wouldn't say raw GoPro footage, but you like you don't have to chop and edit and chop, chop, chop mm-hmm. all the clips. Like you can just put a one minute conversation up. When yeah. you stop riding and people are people are pumped to watch, you know, when you pull up is I've been riding with Vicky a lot. She's one of the only ones riding out here at the moment, Vicky and Taka. You know, when we just pull up and, and stop on the landing and just talk for for about yeah. 30, 40 seconds, you don't have to edit out certain bits of talking and yeah. make it some fancy clip for YouTube because it, it's gotta be more long and, and just yeah. organic raw footage. So that's um that's something I enjoy about YouTube. You don't need huge editing skills. I mean I can edit all right, mainly on my phone. I just fiddle around with yeah. iMovie, but um yeah, YouTube, you can just get you run your GoPro and just run it mm. for most of the time you're riding and then just chop chop it down a fair bit and upload it. And, you know, it's I've, you receive, you know, 90% positive feedback just for that. So it doesn't yeah. have to be some crazy production, which is good. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly what I saw because I was uh, what just before you started. Now it was you uh, messaging me. I was showing some of your your YouTube videos to my girlfriend, and it's because like, I said to her, um, "Okay, now I'm going to interview this guy. Look, look how what what crazy jumps in that he because she doesn't know anything about like motocross and, and freestyle and all that. And when I show you when I show you hmm. guys jumping and that, she's like, "What the hell is like? Okay, what like?" And the first question she asked, like, well, there was this one where you had well. Um, flipping and that on the GoPro with the GoPro on the head. And she's like, okay, but what happens if he falls? Actually, the, you don't want to see that. That's, 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 that's a sore sight to see when someone crashes and when he's flipping and that. But, um, but to credit to your videos, dude, that's perfect. That's exactly what people want these days is just do. And that's what I'm telling everyone. It's just do, stop focusing yeah. on trying to get this high level production and pay thousands for cameras. Just get a GoPro and just document what are you doing. If you're doing fun stuff and you're documenting that, that makes for interesting stuff, especially now when people are locked down and people can't do stuff. They want to go and see people, other people just living their, their lives and what it's a daily. Uh, the, that's why also with, with Twitch's vlogs and that, a day in a life or day in a life. And this, it's, it's a perfect analogy because that's exactly what it is. And that's why I love your videos as well. When I saw the first one, I said, cool, subscribe, cool. Let's watch everything this guy has on his channel. Yeah, it's definitely fun. I mean, even if like at Axel's the other day, Vicky and I were shitting, itself, shitting ourselves about hitting some of the jumps. So you, yeah. you put up about 
so it's hitting them yeah. for the first time. We're not all heroes. Yeah. Where we go and grease everything for day when we go to a new riding spot, things are intimidating. So yeah. it's you know it's good to show that stuff too, and just who's mm. going to hit it first and and things like that. Because yeah, like I said, we don't all just go out and do backflips the first time we hit it, and then do it the rest of the time. So yeah. No, I agree 100%, dude. And, and once again, thanks for, thanks for taking the time to, to chat to me. It was, like I said, it was awesome when you replied to my email and said, cool, now let's, let's do this. And um, yeah, did I, I, I can't wait to see some of your yeah. next videos. And hopefully, like I said, all the Nitro games and that picks up again. And um, hopefully you guys do come to South Africa. Then, then we, can, we can come and uh, I'll pop in and come and say hi to you guys and all that. Yeah, well, uh, South Africa still is our standalone, our best single Nitro show crowd ever. It was Johannesburg. Um, yeah. 2015 was the first year we came, or 14? Uh, yeah, I think 2014, the 14, first year we came, yeah. was our biggest single show to date with uh, 30,000 people. So, congrats, South Africa. I mean, yeah. and we've, both times we've had the best time ever going there. I mean, the Essex... Yeah. Africa wasn't that fun because yeah yeah both times I mean just just the wildlife and all the activities you get to do I mean Joburg's a little bit scary but uh yeah <laughs> definitely um, that's all good so, um yeah def- definitely well, I nearly got trampled me Trav and Dusty nearly got trampled by elephants um somewhere when we were on our bikes we were filming something and the, yeah the elephant got pretty pissed at us and was about to to run at us so Shit. but lucky we had Donald Schultz took care of it but um yeah, yeah just all, all the amazing trips and times we've had to south africa i met some mm. great people so um cheers to you guys and um hopefully we can come back i mean i'd, I'd love Definitely. to go again for sure yeah no i'm it's, I'm, I'm sitting and planning with my with my girlfriend here yeah, we want to come down to the gold coast there in australia and just come and have a look there because we were thinking of now moving moving that side and that and we said okay let's go on a holiday there and go spend some time in Oz and see what it's all about so if you hopefully when i'm down there i'll just uh, I'll, I'll slide in those dms and see if, if if you're there and then we yeah i can go and see you ride for for like in person come cat cat have a beer. Um, yeah, definitely. definitely uh, I wouldn't go to Melbourne in the winter because, like I said, it, Melbourne sucks in winter. You know, me and Cam Sinclair were the only people pretty much left there, and his place got bulldozed to ride. And then that's why I, I hadn't ridden at home for about five years because usually when I'm home, I've been touring all year, and it just like I just hadn't really I could ride at camp. So my landing was so overgrown. And you know, when COVID came in, I figured we were going to be stuck at home. I spent like three days nonstop, you know, grooming it all, getting rid of all the grass off it, getting all ready to ride. And Cam and I rode for 10 minutes one day and it was a little bit muddy. And then after that, it just did not stop raining. So yeah, I basically yeah just looked out the window every day and it was gray and blue and didn't even get to ride at home. So yeah, the guys on the Gold Coast ride a lot, like Harry and Sawley and Top Dog, Birchie, those guys get to ride, you know, all year round basically. So yeah. but it's part of the reason I spent so long here and went summer to summer. But Yeah. No, definitely, dude. No, like I said, I'm I'm super excited for. I said that's that's the, the optimist of me speaking now. I'm super excited for the future because you got you got uh, like I said no, you got you got the guys with like yourself with all the uh, all the experience and that with with being like before social media and that and coming still being being active and 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 involving the sport and doing podcasts like these and try and basically helping educate guys um, that are coming up and 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 helping guys like even with you said um, getting guys proper doctors so they can they can maintain and that that's awesome dude that's so much respect for you to to still be an active member of that and helping grow the sport which is awesome 
Yeah, no, I stoked to help out the uh, up-and-coming riders. And obviously, I, do, I just don't want to see kids make the same mistakes I did. And mm. if I can, you know, you know, get, get once in a, in a bit of a pickle, it's always good. So I know I, I could have used a little, little bit of that. Or probably a little bit more parental supervision. I was a little yeah. bit immature and a little bit wild. So. Yeah. No, but I think, I think that, that uh, wild part actually helps you to become the person that you need to be. Because let's say if you didn't, if you weren't, didn't have that no care attitude in the, in the start, I think uh, you would have been a lot more cautious and might've missed a few um, awesome opportunities where, okay, yeah, it's a dead lead to some uh, like injuries and all that. But I think it had its, had its upside as well. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I'm more, I'm more calculated. Thing, just, I just act like an idiot. So I'm actually <laughs> pretty smart. I mean, I finished school and stuff like that, but no one, everyone just thinks I'm a little bit excited. But now I'm a lot more calculated and mm. obviously learnt from my mistakes. To be old and wise, you must first be young and stupid. So 100%, I'm already yeah. pretty wise. <laughs> a lot of, lot of experience in the, in the short time on this planet. <laughs> But again, dude, yep, thanks. That's it. So, all right. Well, um, yeah, I guess that's about it. Thanks for having me. No, dude, 100%. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. And um, yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm excited. I'll leave all your links to your social media and your YouTube channel all down below. So anyone listening can, can go and subscribe and follow you, and, you. and see at the insanity that you, that you get up to. And uh, really, dude, I wish you yeah, best for the future. And I hope to see you back in Nitro Games soon. All right. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Thanks very much, dude. Cheers, mate. What an awesome podcast. Bulka, what a guy, right? So not just an insane dirt bike rider and freestyle motocross athlete. He's just an insane dude willing to share so much of his knowledge and experience that he's gained throughout the years. So if you guys like, um, I'll leave all his social media links down below in, in the show notes. Go and give him a follow or just go and search on YouTube for Bulko TV and go and check out his YouTube channel with some insane uh, freestyle motocross content. So once again, thanks you guys for listening. Hope to see you in the next one. Come